Welcome to Conservative Patriot Nation Network. New members, returning members. It is 22 July, year of our Lord, 2022. We have another fantastic show with a fantastic candidate running for governor in the great state of Wisconsin, Timothy Rampton. But before we get to tonight's show, we have a few words to share with you from our sponsors. First, we have the late, great Dr. Zelenko, and he brought us the Z-Stack and the Z-Detox, formulated to keep immune systems in tippy-top shape. So if you have loved ones, friends, family, please share. You can also use promo code CPN at checkout and save 5% today. And also the pillow man, Mike Lindell, he did it again, this time with his new My Store My Coffee. It's the best best coffee I've ever had, and it's 100% organic and non-GMO. So cross coffee off your big box store shopping list and order from mystore.com today by using promo code CPNN at checkout. So, Tim, it's been a while since we had last had you on here. Would you like to fill us in between now and then? Uh, I don't know if there's enough time. <laughs> there there uh, has been a lot, right? Yeah, a lot's been going on. I, I think to summarize, though, to the question, um, the expression of concern about the ballot drop boxes started with my office. We had it in Let There Be Light press release number five. It called out the speaker's involvement in that process at a national level because he was president of NCSL at the time, NCSL, which is the National Conference of State Legislators. And the use of drop boxes was um, evident in multiple states, not just Wisconsin. So in my humble opinion, I believe he had something to do with coordinating that. Uh, but back to Wisconsin, I knew it was illegal in January, in January on the 14th of, of 2022. I knew it was illegal back in November of 2020. <clears throat> but it took through necessity for a reluctant majority body and its leadership to agree with me. It took a, an act of, a judicial act of, of supreme being, in, in other words, the Supreme Court, to basically rule on it. And someone had to file a case to express concern about it. And uh, that case was heard on July, uh, actually it was ruled on on July uh, 7th. It was heard on April 13th. And it took them, you know, a couple, three months to put their opinions together. But suffice it to say, I was not surprised one bit that the, the Supreme Court ruled the way they did because they had to. The rule was on the book. It was crystal clear. It was a, simply abused because people thought they could bend the rule and break the rule of law to circumvent fear over a virus which was used as the escape clause for breaking laws so that illegalities and nefarious acts could happen under the guise of, of protection of a pandemic when all along their, their focus was to uh, disrupt the outcome of a, of a national election for president of the United States. And when they ruled on July 8th, uh, it, it really validated everything that I've been pushing for for a long time as far as definite illegal acts occurred, definitely fraud occurred. You can just pick two counties in the state of Wisconsin alone, Dane and Milwaukee, and you can total nearly 138,000 illegal ballots were dumped into drop boxes. The issue we have with our elections now is the integrity is confirmed as a total loss. There's no way you could tell the difference between a legal ballot and an illegal ballot because they were all mixed together. So you don't have black and white, you have gray. 
So there's no no way possible to determine where the line of illegality is. So you really don't have any recourse other than to either do the entire election over or you throw out the presidential election element by reclaiming your 10 electors. Yeah, we are. I used to say that may cause a constitutional crisis. We're already in one. We're already in one, ladies and gentlemen. We've been in a constitutional crisis since November 4th of 2020. We didn't know it. And as the evidence continues to pour out through not only this uh, judicial act by a Supreme Court of the United States in the state of Wisconsin, but 2,000 meals and rigged and issues with special voter deputies and issues with machines and issues with chain of custody and issues with ballots, the the evidence is clear. The The situation has, has come to a head. It's going to continue to pour out factual data that's going to be qualified. Our elections have not been safe and secure and legal for some time. They were way out of bounds with their illegalities in 2020 because they were desperate to the core to not let Donald Trump get reelected. And they had to cheat beyond measure to the point where they revealed their cheating. And that's what made the situation is what it is today. Uh, the, the definition of election denier is not someone like myself who simply wants truth and transparency because I know there has been fraud and I know that the election was illegal. The denying element is actually for those who don't think anything happened, that everything's fine, our elections are okay, and the ballots are okay, and everybody, and Joe Biden's president, and all of that crap. It's it's not true. And I am beyond concerned and, and upset about the attitude of individuals, including membership of my own party and my leadership, who continue to say, there's nothing we can do about this. It's That's not true either. Plenary right exists in the Constitution, Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2 of our U.S. Constitution says that the legislatures have a right to do the act I'm requesting we do and suggesting we do, and that is to reclaim our electors. The mechanism wasn't defined in the Constitution. It was left by the founding fathers to create when the necessity occurred. The necessity has occurred. So everything's in place. We just have a reluctant speaker to do anything about it because I believe he's compromised, and I believe he's well aware of the illegalities and wants to do everything he can to slow walk it and stop it and run out the clock and have September 4th of 2022 roll along to uh, destroy the evidence, whatever's left. The machine data on the hard drives has already been modified with the untrusted build, and uh, what's left is the physical ballots and uh, any other paperwork with Wisconsin voter lists included that uh, they look to probably destroy as well. So. We're, we're a little bit of press now for time to try to get something done. I had a press conference on July 12th to basically say I'm going to reintroduce AJR 120, which died, by the way, on March 15th. The session ended on February 24th, and it took roughly a month, three weeks, for the session to wind down and end. So any unfinished business legality-wise, legislation-wise, whatever, through the legislative body uh, basically died. And that included AJR 120 because it had not been acted upon in the body, nor had it gotten to the governor's desk for uh, either a, a signature or a veto. So in order to continue the movement of AGR 120, I had to resurrect it. And so I took AGR 120 and I created a new bill, which is LRB 6371. And that has, was, was modified to take out some of the extraneous data that basically isn't really necessary anymore because we've got other um, evidentiary items in there to prove Fraud exists and fraud vitiates everything. So up to and including the Supreme Court ruling. And uh, I'm ready to put that back out uh, to the floor for consideration. I floated it on the 14th of 
July and gave it until today at 5 p.m. for the body to sign on to to suggest we do move forward with it. I'm looking for Senate support. To my knowledge, at this moment in time, I don't know if I have it, but I do have other members of the body who have signed on, and that would include, to my knowledge, uh, Janelle Branchin, chairman of the Campaign Elections Committee, as well as Chuck Wickers, current uh, representative from the 83rd, which I believe now he'll be moving to the 82nd due to redistricting, so he'll be the new rep for the 82nd. So uh, two class people, uh, two individuals who have been supportive of me all along. They didn't sign on to the original one, which is... Well, that's that's behind us. It's water over the dam. But going forward, they have expressed a public um, awareness to say now is the time to do the right thing for the people. They've seen enough. That said, before you jump in with anything else and any other questions, I will tell you that there's also a statute angle we have to address this matter, and that is state statute 783.03. That is um, language in that statute talks about the ability to nullify an election. So if I can't get courageous uh, servant-related individuals to do the right thing for our state and for our nation, um, then maybe we'll just have to go to judicial route and go at it, come at it from rather the statute uh, 73.03 and nullify the election. So I'm not done. It can't be done. We have unfinished business. We have illegalities that occurred, and I'm going to continue to press on because it's the right thing to do. I'll buy it for the people. Uh, mixing all that, I'm running for governor, and things are going well considering. I've been, um, how can I say, uh, uh, eliminated from consideration by some people because they kind of want to create this this atmosphere that I can't win. I think all evidence to the contrary, not only can I win, I'm going to win. And one, what's going to cause it to happen is uh, the people on this phone call, for starters, patriot groups, the freedom fighters, the grassroots people of the state of Wisconsin are behind me 150%. And they're so strong behind me that they're doing everything and anything they can to get the word out and get my my uh, reputation, if you would, known. I haven't been running for governor for four years. I haven't uh, inherited a company from my dad that was allowed to give me millions of dollars to my pocket through government contracts of billions of dollars. So, you know, the the... A corporation in question has has made its mark on the backs of the taxpayer, and now one of the the members wants to be governor and uh, continue to uh, rule over the uh, the citizens of our of our state. And I'm I'm sure will help grease contracts for future endeavors for his uh, corporation should he uh, find himself in the chair, which is not going to happen because I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that he wasted approximately nine million dollars of this company's money to try to buy the election. I'm not going to let that happen. And neither will the Patriots, the grassroots and the freedom fighters. So um, I'm going to take a breath for a second and let you run point. And if you have any questions, I'm sure, wondering anybody. Absolutely. Be, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that was a great rundown since we last had you on Tim and I'm um, just catching all of that. Um, I wanted to touch base back on a couple of things. Um, you know, obviously 2020 was stolen, but we were primarily focused on the presidential election out of that steal. But what about the down ballot ticketing? Is that something where we're just going to give up on, on the 2020 aspect of things, but we're going to use what happened in 2020 to move forward to have more secure elections on the down balloting side of things going forward? Well, the, the noise around the presidential election, which was feel somewhat by uh, former President Trump, was where I started my focus, and it was the only seat on the ballot in 2020 that was statewide. 
And when you talk about reclaiming electors, that's the only uh, elected office that has electoral college uh, reference to it. So electoral ballots do not affect any other elected seat on any ballot for any race at any time. It's just the presidential race every four years. So my focus out of the gate has purely been the presidential election because of the the acts of fraud that, that we can now prove. Um, as far as down ballot goes, I mean, some people say, well, if you're going to decertify the 2020 election, does that mean you weren't elected? Quite, well, quite frankly, I, I think elections should be investigated back to 1996 and presidential and, and all others, midterms and otherwise, I think should be should be reviewed for fraud. We, we probably had people in positions that weren't elected. They were selected. And they could be anywhere from local to state to federal. So the, the answer basically by suggesting anything about down ballots, you think anything should be left alone there or addressed as well. I think it should be addressed. I just don't know. I mean, nobody wants to do the one thing that's obvious, which is the presidential election. So you want to start compounding the condition and, and make everybody glaze over with there's more work to do than we really want. Let's just not do anything and move on. Right. That's what I'm, I don't want to have happen. We we did have a definite violation of law and and uh, we do have uh, remedy recovery elements we should apply for the presidential election once that's done fine let's let's start going after the next level and maybe take it by layers you know go from federal and congressional to state from governor to senate to assembly and then go down to local i'm fine with me because i'll tell you the uh, mechanisms are in place to cheat across the board and i would be willing to bet and i actually hope he's listening I don't think he is because he doesn't have enough class to pick up on a Patriot group like this. But if Robin Voss, I think the 63rd Assembly District should be reviewed for its accuracy and should be audited for any sort of nefarious acts. I think there's control activity that goes on with ballots, even at the assembly level for him. And, of course, that's why he he doesn't want things to change, because he wants to make sure that uh, he can continue to control the outcome of his even his own election. So. That's how I feel about it. I'm I'm convinced it's in place, and if we could do an audit, I bet I could prove it. But right now, it's one thing at a time, and it's presidential only. Absolutely, Tim. So, um, when it's is it state law or federal law that they have to hold on to the ballot images for 22 months? When we're talking about going federal, okay. So, like when we're going to reinvestigate, you know, all the way back to 1996, what type of records would we have access to investigate those elections? Are we going to be looking at voter totals and overall type of generalities that we can pull as data from those elections? Well, it's an interesting question. I, I don't know where the line is between what the scope of, of any audit related action is, but I know we've got a lot of people that are auditing the uh, 2020 election and it's all over the place. We're, everything, chain of custody, the ballots themselves, the integrity of the ballot, they're talking about putting watermarks on them so people can't sneak in you know, the back door and stuff. Um, of course, there was the, the voter lists for not multiple states. Wisconsin's is messed up big time. 7.1 million names on a list and only 3.3 voted. 3.5 max can vote and 4.5 ultimately are eligible because they're 18 and older. But 4.5 versus 7.1 or in this case, 3.5 versus 7.1. More than half of the list is is uh, extraneous data that shouldn't be on that list. And it's in it's on the same data file and it's on the same server, which makes it easily hackable if you're you know savvy at all of technology and many people are you can get a hold of these records and you can turn uh with a FIDO key access by the way um 1924 clerks 
Municipal clerks, 1,852 plus 72 county clerks, have access to the WISFO database through the FIDO key. And I, I'm sorry, I don't remember the acronym, but it is an, ac an access-related capability with a FIDO key, F-I-D-O. Um, but oddly enough, 3,138 people had those keys. They had access, and we only needed 1,925. So I don't know where the extra, you know, 1,100 people, 1,000 or 1,100 people were, but obviously somewhere in that madness were, were people that were bad actors and causing problems with our Wisconsin election. But anyway, I got a little bit off the track there, but the the uh, audit elements are quite for, uh, robust, and, and it would be up to the people. Of course, everything you add to your menu for an audit would be a cost. So it depends on what people want to do as far as out of pocket and, and pay for it. But um, anyway, I'm getting a little bit uh, into the weeds here. Sure, sure. So, you know, running for governor, you, you've had other election campaigns that you've been a part of for yourself as well, too. Yep. In terms of going into this governorship for yourself now, um, what more differences do you see in the polling? Is there is there polling for like the lower down balloting offices that you see, or is it just more prominent as the higher position that you run for ultimately? Well, well, that's, that's a very interesting question. Uh, first of all, I think polling is crap, and I'll tell you why. 100% of polling is for optics. It's to, for the psychological psych-out of the people to try to send a message to get them psychologically to think that something is happening or something's not happening. Um, and what I mean by that is, for example, for the uh, third week of June, there was a Marquette poll that came out, and I don't know if you remember this or not, but uh, they had 35% undecided, 27% they said reported for Michaels, 26 for Clayfish, 10 for Nicholson at the time because he was still in the race yet. He dropped out on July 5th, so this is like the third week of June. And they had me down for 3%. So here's the kicker. Actually, there's multiple kickers, but hang on, here it comes. First one is I wasn't on in the, in the poll. I wasn't an option for the question. What do you mean, Tim? Well, if you received a call for that poll, the question was, who would you vote for if you could today? Tony Evers, Tim Michaels, Rebecca Clayfish, Kevin Nicholson, or are you undecided? That was your choice. So people who were called by this poll said, I want Tim Rampton. He's not in the poll. Why isn't he in the poll? The requester of the poll didn't include him. Who requested the poll? We can't tell you that. Oh, really? Well, where did the 3% come from? No answer. I think it was an arbitrary number to make it look like I wasn't doing well, so people would consider not wasting their vote on me because I'm only at 3%. Now, on the other side of the coin for that poll, 35% were undecided, which is the largest number in the poll response. If you, your name is Tim Rampton, and the options are Evers, Michaels, Clayfish, Nicholson are undecided, where do you think I go? in the undecided bin. So if the undecided bin was 35%, my belief is I am equal to, if not greater than the other candidates running for the seat at this time, they don't want you to know that. So the poll was written on purpose to exclude me so that they wouldn't have to publicize the actual question and the information that reflected upon me. They just made up a 3% to make it look like it was legit. And that's why I don't have any faith and confidence in polls. If there's down-ballot polls, I don't care. I know Robin Voss talks about polls all the time, and he seems to govern by polls, but he never qualifies the question, the number of respondents, 
and and where the poll was taken. There's no qualifiers. It's all this number stuff to get you to think he's telling you something that's true, and it's all optics, ladies and gentlemen. It's all optics, and it's happening right now in the in the election for governor for the state of Wisconsin. I'd be willing to bet I'm the leading uh, uh, person right now. I'm the front runner in this race, and they don't want you to know it. So they're going to hide my stuff and not talk about it. And and that's all I have to say about polls. It's a significantly huge waste of time. It's misleading on purpose, and it's part of the psychological attack that occurs in elections. It's been going on for a long time because it works. If you tell people a couple three things, oh this is this and that is that, and here's the problem, and that's the guy you got to blame for it. They start blaming somebody. They start getting that psychological effect. And that's why they do it. And people go along with it. Yep. So what we need to do is start telling them to qualify how they can say what they're saying. Don't don't just take anybody's word for anything anymore, especially around elections. And if it has anything to do with money, make them qualify the data, the empirical data, where they're coming at making their statement. If they can't say anything, well, then you know they're they're full of it. And And I'll tell you what, you're going to know they're full of it because they got nothing. They're making stuff up as they go here. And and it's at my expense and anyone else, even in other races, they're going to try to pivot their their preferred rubber stamp, go along, get along, party Kool-Aid drinking bobbleheads to get them into the seat so they can continue to control the seat. That's what happens in Madison. You go down there to try to serve the people and they coerce you into fear, favoritism and funding to go along and get along. And you end up not working for the people and you start working for the, the favor. Not me. I never did. Never will. And that's why they don't want me to win this thing, because I'm going to get in there. It's going to be a new sheriff in town mentality. I'm going to clean up this this town. I'm going to put records straight. I'm going to get process in order. I'm going to have return on investment for the taxpayer. I want to have everything value propped. And I want to have meet and exceed expectation from the from the people. And and they're the ones that are going to call a shot. The Constitution was written. If you if you envision a triangle in your mind. God is at top, at the top, the point. So the, 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 the triangle shape is a point is standing up. The, the top part is God. Second part is people, the people. The third part is county. The, the fourth part is, is state, and the bottom is federal. And what's happened in the last two and a half to three decades, minimally, is this country has allowed for people to flip that triangle upside down. We got the federal on top, and we got God on the bottom. We are, as my dad used to say, excuse my French, you should hear my German, we're asked backwards on how we're looking and how we're running our nation. And we've got people thinking that the federal government can tell us what to do and how to do it, and that's wrong. The states give the power to the federal government, not the other way around. And so we got to flip this triangle back, put God on top, get him back in our schools, get discipline, Pledge of Allegiance, history on, on, on our uh, national history and civics and, and get our nation and our independence and, and say the Pledge of Allegiance and sing the national anthem every day when school starts to get people to remember that this is the best country in the world and this a lot of people died for this country and, and we're, we're uh, I almost said crapping but maybe I just did, we're, we're, we're crapping on the, the legacy of people who gave their lives to save our freedoms in this country and we need to stop What's going on? This tyranny is, is becoming out of control. And I'm running for governor because not on my watch. This is not going to happen. I'm not going to let this happen. If, if I can do anything about it, I'm going to make sure we end this thing. And anybody who's getting in the way is going to get run over because I'm not going to tolerate mediocrity, status quo, learn behavior, go along, get along. And we're not going to let this tyranny continue. So scenic answered your question, but I guess I got a little jazzed up awesome. on that one. 
Yeah, I, I want to jazz you up a little bit more with this. Are, are you familiar with Robert Callahy of the Trafalgar Group with polling out of Georgia? I, I, I'm going to say no because, again, I, I don't give two, two uh, shakes for polling. It's all done for psychological purpose and to my knowledge. Now, if this guy's legit, you know, maybe I, I'll look into it. But right now I, can, yeah. I can't answer the question. Okay. Well, I, I bring it up because – I've got to dig into this gentleman, and it's interesting. I'll post this on the wall here, and his polling methodology, it says right off his website, the Trafalgar Group delivers our polling questionnaires utilizing a mix of six different methods, live callers, integrated voice response, text messages, emails. Then it says, two other proprietary digital methods we don't share publicly. So when you're talking about cleaning up things, should polling be one of those things that needs to be cleaned up? And I mean, I mean, for as much as you guys have to report all your campaign finance, everything, there's got to be something on this side of the world, like you're saying, with the polling as well, too, because the suppression polls certainly aren't fair for candidates at all. I uh, I think polling should be uh, taken care of just like mach- uh, 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 ballot machines in elections. We shouldn't use them. We shouldn't do them. Uh, they are uh, angles for uh, manipulating data and modifying the outcome. So polls are no good for us, and neither are machines in our elections process. That's how I feel about that. Perfect. Okay. So uh, moving on um, with Janelle's movement here today, with her signing forward. So the next step in this process that we're kind of looking for is for a senator to sign on then? Uh, Chuck Wickers as well, by the way, from the 83rd, current 83rd district. Chuck and, and Janelle jumped on. And uh, that surprised me. Um, and I did reach out and speak to a couple of senators. I won't identify them until they sure. commit one way or another. And so I still have a question. But um, I would personally like to see a senator on it because then, it, to me, in my mind, it would be a, a genuinely legit legislative uh, joint resolution because it's it's a, a LRB 6371 is intended to be a legislative uh joint resolution from the assembly so it would be like another ajr it wouldn't be 120 because you can't number stuff uh, in in an off session period but you can create a bill and you can bring it forth and hear it on the floor if we were to have an extraordinary session which i'm sure has to be approved by the uh, leadership by the way i'm sure they would not want to do that because that would allow for this to happen i mean they modified uh september excuse me september when am i saying september february 23rd and 24th we had floor sessions both of those days, and they modified the, the agenda or the, the uh, calendar to be special order of business. All of the elements of, of legislation were deemed special orders of business. So we didn't go through the perfunctory agenda process because during the perfunctory agenda process, you can do polling motions. And they wanted to protect the process by not allowing me to do a polling motion. So they did that special process just to... Uh, protect their flank and not allow that to happen. So I, I can't imagine them wanting to have a special session, but I've got the situation positioned now so that if we did have one for any reason, and you never know, lightning could strike, the Lord could step in and make something happen. I mean, they had a special extraordinary session at the end of 2018 when they modified rule and, and changed process for uh, the outgoing governor as well as the incoming governor, Evers at the time, to, to handcuff him. That was okay. That was okay, but to do the right thing for the people and have an extraordinary session so we could pull our, our electors back and, and uh, hold people and process accountable for the 2020 election, now I guess that's that's too much to ask for, you know. 
So they have their priorities wrong, which is another reason why I'm leaving the body, because I know it's dysfunctional minimally, and that's a compliment, by the way. It's corrupt. The legislative body does not serve the people. It serves itself. And I know that because I've been there. I'm the outsider on the inside, and I see what's going on. And for me to stay there, and by the way, I could. I could stay in the assembly position I'm in right now for 10 more years, wouldn't have to knock a door, wouldn't have to spend a dime because the people of the 59th adore me and I would be able to maintain my position because I would serve them and I would serve them well. But I know it's dysfunctional. I know it's corrupt. And for me to stay there would be condoning that and I can't do that. So if you're looking for character in a person, that's a good measure right there. That you you give up something that you've worked for and you've wanted, you know, for a portion of my life I wanted to serve at, at, at that type of level, I, I don't really put emphasis on titles and, and, and levels, but I'm, I'm a school board member now. And this was this was beyond that. OK, it could have been county government. It could have been state government. I, I chose to go after state government. And who knows one day, Lord willing, I, I might be in the federal arena. Who knows? I don't know. But what I'm trying to say is I'm, I'm willing to give it up. And I am. I did a non-declaration. Before the 31st of January or 31st of December, I forget, it was before the, the, the voting started for paperwork so people could get their paperwork in. So um, I'm giving it up because I, the, the conviction I have in my heart and, and my belief is I, I, I would be condoning it and I can't do that. So anyway, I, I, I guess I'm done. What's your next question? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Um, I'm in Outagamie County. I'm in Appleton here, and I joined the Outagamie Republican Party this week, and they don't have any of your signs up there. So I need to know what I need to do from your campaign to get those signs up there because they've got every candidate up there, and I'm, I've been asking them, and I'm not getting a straight answer. Well, um, every other candidate doesn't necessarily have statewide race. I know the lieutenant governors are, the constitutional offices are, but... Um, I had signs up there. It's probably because they're all gone. Literature minimally should be up there. They were all given literature. So we can try to get some signage up there for you. I've got 50 large signs coming Monday, uh, awesome. four by eight, these big guys. So we're going to get a little bit more presence out there. But I'm uh, so I, I think to the point, let me just say this, whether it's part of a budget constraint issue or not, I have not been running for governor for four years like someone has and and. She's been involved in political action committees, whether it's Project 1848 or Becky Pack. I, I have not inherited a company from my dad to have millions of dollars to spend for a job that pays 180000 which I don't quite understand. I, uh, I decided on January 18th I would do this for the people because they were asking me to. When I was going around and talking about election integrity, they were, you got to run for governor. I was like, no, I'm not really interested in doing that right now. And, oh, you need to do it. And, I mean, I, I had to endure that for seven, eight months. And, and then I had an, an, a little bit of an episode occurred on January 18th um, in caucus in the GAR. And uh, I made up my mind that day that uh, there wasn't really a, a forward path for me in the assembly because of the environment. It wasn't conducive for serving the people. It was uh, serving itself. I, I saw some very selfish individuals and... I just felt I needed to move on, so I decided I would run for governor, and I launched on February 12th. So uh, I've, I've only been in this for five months, so that's part of the problem because I don't have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars or a million dollars to buy an abundance sure. of 
of a product like collateral material is expensive. I'm spending $50 a sheet, which is cheap compared to banners. They're like 130 a piece, but uh, $50 a piece for a four by eight piece of uh, poly plexi poly or whatever they call it, polyblast or something. And I'm going to get um, 500 of them. Or, no, excuse me, 550 of them. So I'm going to drop 3,500 bucks on signage for the last couple of weeks of the race. And we got some key spots. I want to put some signs up and get some attention. Um, I'll try to get some literature and some yard signs up to all the gamey, but uh, thanks for Yeah, there's like, like right outside the building, they have every candidate's sign up there, and they've all got the smaller yard sign ones. That'd be a yeah. great spot for a four by eight one. Is yours really big right there? That'd be fantastic yeah. there. Well, I, I wish the county parties would reach out to the candidates, you know, out of fairness, out of out of balanced, you know, level playing field condition, give everybody equal chance, right? They don't either. So, I mean, I, I, I know I've, I've, I've asked the members to step up and do their job better because I am, and I was asked to do their job for them by being called into their districts, and uh, they didn't like that. So it's quite possible that the county parties have, in some areas, have been told don't, you know, help Rampton. Don't encourage, you know, his people because we don't want him to win. So that could be part of what's going on here, too. So it's all part of the psychological deal. I did have information up there, by the way, signs as well as, and I went to a couple of events. So when I've got a good presence up there in the Fox Valley area, I know Kevin did too. And, and now that he dropped out, I'm hoping that the people have enough sense to know that, hey, you actually would waste your vote <laughs> voting for him now. So don't waste your vote for the next best thing at least from a, a you know a kevin perspective the vote rampton is your only choice right so i hope i get 75 80 percent of the former nicholson supporters if they really want to not waste their vote i hope that they come over to the and wish that i'll be working with kevin he and i i'm okay with him and uh, and i'll do what i can to to help um, keep the wheels of, of the state and it's progress moving forward. And I think having him involved, at least for the next two years while he prepares to run for state Senate, um, I, I'd be happy to work with him. So I'll, I'll help take care of Kevin as well. So for all those Kevin Nicholson fans out there, um, I think he's an all right guy. And I, I think we'd want to keep him engaged in the, our process. So. All right. My last question for you is, does it hurt not being Trump endorsed? Actually, that's a really, really good question. So let, here's the story, ladies and gentlemen. First of all, I will tell you that many, many, many people in the state are livid at him for not endorsing me. I received a call from him at my home on December 3rd of 2021. And he was thanking me for taking the action of asking the question. That's when the original Reclaiming of the 10 electors came out on November 17th of 2021. He sent out a press release. I have it framed in my office. It was a cool moment, but I'm all about getting stuff done. So I didn't spend a whole lot of time, you know, bloviating over that. Then he calls me and he starts to talk about stuff and he starts talking about endorsements. And I kind of cut him off and I said, Mr. President, I really appreciate what you're talking about, but my focus is the resolution. I really need to get this over the line for the sake of our state as well as our country. Um, and I really believe that this is the right thing to do. So thank you very much. But uh, I really would rather not talk about endorsements. Now, I don't know if that told him I didn't want one, but I never asked him for one. Uh, fast forward to July 7th. I was at CPAC on February 24th 
and I ran into Carrie Lake. She knew of me. I knew of her. She was familiar with me because she had been watching my Rampton reports. She's down in Arizona running for governor. You know that, right, Carrie Lake? Oh, and, yeah. Yep. And uh, she came running up to me, and she gave me a big hug, and she said, you know, you almost made me cry. And I'm like, what the heck did I do? And, oh, I saw you on Bannon in the war room, and you were talking about your patriotism, and, you know, you're just my kind of guy. And I need you to come to my fundraiser on April 7th. I said, where's that at? And I'm thinking Arizona. She says, it's at Mar-a-Lago. And I went, well... I don't know. Let me think about that for a minute. And uh, I talked to a couple of people. To long story short, I, I I gave her my word I would come for her, for her. I wasn't being invited by the president. I didn't even know what the mechanics of the event were going to be if he'd even be there. I thought maybe perhaps he was just lending out his his facility for people to, you know, the big donors to come in and you know help candidates that he had already endorsed because he endorsed her. Well, we went down. I took my wife along. My wife and I, Caroline, went along. And long story short, good story, by the way. Uh, we met President Trump that night. He met me for the first time. And uh, the real simple story I'll tell you is we're standing in a rope line. He's walking down the line, shaking hands. He shook my wife's hand. He shook my hand. Mike Lindell is right behind me. He's got his left hand on my right shoulder. And and I think he shook Mike's hand, too. And then he went back to Caroline's right, which is way over two people, to shake someone's hand who stuck it out and then he came back to pick up where he left off and i put my hand out and i grabbed his hand to start where he left off which was me and i i held it and i pulled it i yanked his hand and he looked at me and, and right in his eyes and i looked right in his eyes and i said you and i need to talk and then he looked at my name tag on my shirt and he he just lit up like a kid in a candy store he goes oh you're uh i said yeah rampton wisconsin governor said, oh man you're doing some great stuff down there up there and how's it going blah 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 and we talked a little bit. And he starts to walk away. And also he comes back and he goes, how's the campaign going? I says, really good. I'm going to win. You want to help? That'd be great. That's all I said. I didn't say endorsement. I said, you want to help? That'd be great. And he, and he talked, he said something else. And then he goes, and this is, uh, by the way, it's all on video. On my wife's phone, though, so you can't record, you can't request it on open record because she's not a public official, but she did record it. And then he goes, I'll call you. He never called. And I didn't call him. I got his number. I can call him any day of the week and twice on Sundays. I will not call him because I'm not that way. I'm not going to help me, help me, oh, please, you know, like somebody did, but I won't mention her name. Anyway, um, I did talk to Mike Lindell on May 20th. He came to my hospitality suite at the state convention, and uh, I said, Mike, it's a little quiet. I said, is everything okay with the president? I still, because they're telling me. Mike told me, General Flynn told me he's going to endorse me. Um, several people said, um, uh, Kurt Olson, the attorney, don't worry, Tim, you're the guy, you're the guy, right? And uh, I just was asking Mike, and he said, well, he wants to get through this weekend, apparently. I said, okay. And I just figured it had something to do with the endorsement of the state party of the of the governor's con uh, candidates. And um, then I asked my attorney, who talks to Kurt Olson, the attorney for Trump, on Sunday night, it was on Monday the 23rd, he asked Kurt directly, you know, how's Rampton doing with the endorsement thing is, could it happen? Because that's what we're hearing. I didn't ask him. I'm hearing this, okay? So I was told it was going to happen. And Kurt said, don't worry about it. You're the guy, you know, in quotes. No worries. You're the guy. Well, about 10 days later, he went with Michaels. And apparently he was forced to do that by Reince Priebus, which I don't know why he even listens to Reince Priebus because, right. he's, yeah, he's the devil in disguise for sure. And... um it has something to do with, well, you know, Trump wants to win, you know, and on paper, 
I can I can see where maybe I don't look like I'm going to win, but the problem is he doesn't know the power of my message. He doesn't know the power of my candidacy. He doesn't know the power and depth of the grassroots, the patriot groups, the freedom fighters, the conservative uh, people that are sick and tired of being told how things are going to be and, and, and then not to have it. You know, they, the, the individuals in, in elected office right now do not serve the people for the most part. There's probably a handful of individuals out there in all levels. But for the most part, uh, the, the institutions themselves serve itself. And the people are, are basically forced to go along with it. I don't. And so I'm, I'm a little bit outcast with some of the members of the body because I don't drink the Kool-Aid. I don't, you know, kiss rear end. I don't go along and get along and I don't accept mediocrity. I, I'm in there to serve. So I, I think between the the, uh, the pipeline, which was a Michael's Corporation project, and as well as the border wall, where there was apparently some familiarity between the two men, uh, the president just decided he would go with uh, what the person he thought would win. And uh, I think it's a shallow approach to how you pick people. You should pick people by character and capability, not how it looks on paper. And and Mr. Michaels is yeah, Mr. Michaels has spent. Uh, near going north of eight million, he's closing in a nine million dollars of expenditures for this race since um, April, third week of April. Um, I don't, uh, I don't know how you can do that, and, and think it's a good it's a good thing to do unless you're really arrogant, egotistical, or power hungry. I I want to serve, and I'll serve well. I will knock the cover off the ball and do great. I don't. Uh, need to do this i want to do this because the people have asked me and I, and I want to serve of course the lord called me as well so that that really adds a lot of credence to it but um ultimately uh i i believe the president made a, a serious mistake and actually it, it caused a lot of people to want to double and triple and quadruple down to show him that he was wrong i heard he's getting a lot of emails saying you know you really screwed up with this michael's uh continues to uh, step on his own feet with uh not doing things right and putting uh, claims that he's been endorsed by the NRA on his literature. I think that's illegal, by the way, and he should be held accountable for it. He didn't have his signature petitions right, but they gave him a powder on that. I mean, everything's okay. Just don't worry about it. Just pat him on the on the wrist and don't ever let it happen again. Gosh, if I would have done it, I probably got hung out to dry. So mm -hmm. uh, I, at the end of the day, um, I don't think it gave – quite the value to Mr. Michaels that I would have, it would have given me had I gotten it because it would have been far more expected. So, um, and, and at the end, I guess my closing comment is it is what it is. I can't tell people how to think and feel or what to do and nor will I. And, uh, president Trump made up his decision to do what he did and that's the way it goes. So, uh, it'll be an interesting conversation on August 10th when I maybe get a call from him to congratulate me on my victory. I don't know what I'm going to say to him because I really don't have much to say to him. I don't have time for that stuff. I need to win this election. Absolutely. I need to get in that seat and start getting stuff done. So I'm, I'm flapping pretty good here tonight. I'm sorry for taking so much time. Oh, you're fine. You're fine, Tim. This this has been great. Um, I'll, I'll touch on this last, then we're going to open it up for a couple questions for Tim here. Um, I, I will come and say, though, that, you know, from the 10th, if Clayfish is the winner, it would be interesting that, she would be a Trump endorsed candidate and yourself that has maybe this 35% of the undecideds, like you were saying earlier, optically speaking, well, that is interesting. Well, I, I'm going to kind of ignore what you just said. She's not going to win and she knows it. That's why she's desperate. That's why she's lashing out. 
um, it's all turning into pleading and begging and, and you know, it, she's not gubernatorial material and neither is Michael's. He's it's he's out of his league in this type of environment. He's, he has, and you know, it's awkward to say it because, you know, well, Tim, who do you think you are? Here's why I say what I say. Um, the depth of experience is not there for both of those individuals. They don't have the multiple organization, multiple industry, multiple cultural training. I'm I'm a, a seasoned professional. I'm a businessman. I'm a better businessman than Michaels. I know I am because I've been successful in multiple organizations, multiple industries. He has not. He's been in one his whole life and his name's on the building and his name's on the check. How much friction do you think he gets? How much resistance do you think he gets? How many people in that corporation tell him, no, you're wrong, Mr. Michaels. You're wrong. Nobody, right? So he's not he's not um, battle tested, okay? And the same with uh, Ms. Clayfish. She, yeah, she was lieutenant governor, but lieutenant governor positions currently, and I'd like to change it, by the way, when I'm governor, uh, are you sit around and wait for the governor to pass away or to be incapacitated. That's all it's for. It's a buffer role to keep the governance in order. There's no hands-on direct experience or exposure. Um, they can say they were involved in this or say they did that, but then if they did, then then the governor doesn't get the credit, and the governor gets all the credit because the governor is the head of the, of the executive branch. So uh, the depth of experience is not there. And also from a public express, uh, perspective, I've been in, involved as an insider, uh, excuse me, as an outsider on the inside, not an insider, uh, for 14 years now in public government with school board as well as the state legislature. Neither one of the other candidates, the main candidates, if you would, uh, have any experience in school board or state legislature. And so I've got them beaten uh, combined in those areas. So that's why I believe I'm going to hit the ground running and I'm going to meet and exceed expectations day one. It's going to be a real interesting uh, paradigm shift for how governance occurs in the state of Wisconsin. We're going to be the new template for the nation on how things are supposed to run up by and for the people. I look forward to making that happen. And I need the people to help me make it happen. They got to vote for Rampton because I'll tell you what, the worst thing you can do is think you're wasting your vote. That's the worst thing you can do because that's exactly what's not the case. Uh, I need to win and, and win big. And, and your vote is going to be applied to the winning category of the seat choice that you have. That's why I'm running. I'm the best choice. I know I am. So if I didn't think I was, I wouldn't have thrown in for you, by the way. All right, I'm done. I went again too far. <laughs> Fantastic, Tim. Th thank you so much. Um, we're going to open it up now for some member questions here. JW, can I have your help with that now? Absolutely. Hi, Tim. Thanks for being here tonight. Thanks, JW. I actually have a question from Mike while he's traveling. He sent me a message. He'd like to know what you would do once you once and after you win, because you will, in your first 30 days for both Wisconsin and America. Uh, put out the plan I have in place for my first 100 days, and I'll be taking aggressive action on several items that are unfinished business-wise as far as statutes go. We've had a lot of um, uh, vetoes, at 127 to be exact, in the current session. And there are several bills that should have passed that didn't. One in particular is the personal property tax. I need to eliminate that yesterday. I'd like to make Wisconsin a constitutional carry state day one as well. And if we have to make us a, a Second Amendment sanctuary state, I will. I want to address a tax reduction immediately as well. Um, we have $3.8 in surplus in this current 
budget and that tells me a couple of things one we're taxing too much and two we're also spending too much we need to uh, curb back uh, what we're charging our our taxpayers to live in our state up to and including school taxes i would like to see and i will work i got a plan already in place where i want to roll out eliminating uh, school taxes on the levy for your property tax so you're going everybody who owns a home is going to see a 60 to 70 percent reduction in their tax rate because i want those taxes off that bill now they'll they'll be chargeable in other areas of our of our uh, budget and our revenue process but not on the backs of homeowners i want taxes off the backs of homeowners so the the joint finance committee uh, day one of me being a, a gubernatorial elect rampton on uh, november 9th they're going to get a letter from me saying, buckle up. I want across-the-board cuts. I want no increase in, in our current uh, budget for our biennium. I want all the programs assessed and reviewed for their efficiencies. I want uh, dollars reallocated and moved in certain areas where we can continue to move forward with a balanced budget and a reduced budget with no increase, and we can eliminate taxes off the backs of the taxpayers, the property taxpayers. So that's my my short, immediate answer. I've got issues around medical freedom, government accountability with the agencies. They're going to get an enema too because they spend too much money. And I want to make, you know, people accuse me of squeaking when I walk. I'm so tight, right? Well, I want the state to squeak too. And, and that's one of the focus points. I'm going to go after the agencies as well. I'd like to look at eliminating some like the WEC as well as the DPI. Uh, unless they can show me that they can run a different way. And, I, and if they do stick around, I want them to directly report to the state legislature. I want the oversight by the legislative body over these uh, rogue agencies, these two main rogue agencies in my book. So um, there's going to be a lot of, of um, a lot of activity, uh, GW. Uh, in the, when you drive down East Wash going toward the Capitol, it's going to look like a hornet's nest because there's going to be lots of stuff going on because I'm going to be poking things to make stuff happen. We don't have time to waste around anymore and talk. I'm, I'm tired of platitudes and rhetoric. I want action. I want results. I want things done yesterday. And if people don't like the intensity I bring to the table, then find something else to do and get out of the way because nobody's going to be pandering to your needs because you're used to getting along and, and having things happen a certain way. Through sheriffs in town, stuff's going to happen and buckle up. That sounds awesome. I may have to move to Wisconsin. <laughs> Well, well, okay. Wait, wait, hang on. Let me jump on that. That's a very interesting statement. I would like to make Wisconsin a destination state, not just for business, but for people to come and live here. This state has a lot to offer. It's a beautiful state. It's got lakes. It's got it's got its Northwoods. It's got everything. Okay, we've got number one dairy state in the, in the nation. I like to keep it that way, by the way. Our egg's in trouble. we got to help our dairy farmers out. But long story short, having Wisconsin be a state where people want to go to and they and they enjoy the change of seasons because they really are enjoyable. I lived in Texas for a few years, and I'll tell you, I missed fall. I missed winter. I didn't miss salt on the roads, but uh, and I missed a little of the springtime. My summers are great here. In fact, right now it's as hot as it is in Austin, Texas. So uh, every place you, you hang your hat to live it can be your home, and you can make it your home if you, you want it to be. And I want Wisconsin to be home for more people and, and, and just just grow it. And so maybe you will see the light and you will come JW to live here because you're going to really like what you see. If you think Florida is a good place with Ron DeSantis, wait, he's going to take lessons from me. And so is Carrie Lake, by the way, in Arizona, we're going to have the trifecta going here in the nation. We're going to get things done from the center of our country out. We're going to push New York and California and all of their influence in our nation right off into the oceans. 
we're going to have conservative values, principal conviction. We're going to get things done often by the for the people, and I'm ready to get get it done and make it happen. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, I'll be looking to move after my son's done with high school, so it's another <laughs> um, another year. So I'll maybe I'll be checking out Wisconsin. Well, we're we're recording this, and we're going to make sure we hold you to that. So I'll definitely come out to visit first. <laughs> the winters are comparable to Virginia. You'll they manage. Are. No, but I like the cold because I I work from home. I don't have to go out if I don't, if I don't need to. All right, we do have a question from Carol, so Carol will be next. And whoever else wants to ask a question, please raise your hand, and you can go after Carol. Hi, Carol. Hi, Tim. How you doing? I'm so happy I should be twins. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, I'm living up here in Polk County, Wisconsin, and I've got some encouraging things to tell you. Um, first of all, this is a very conservative area and I'm seeing Tim Ransom signs everywhere. I'm not kidding. A lot, kidding of, you. Like a lot of smart people, a lot of smart people live in Polk County. What? A lot of smart people live up there in Polk County. <laughs> a lot of rednecks. A lot of people that like their second amendment. Um, a lot, a lot that, of people right? that are sick and tired, a lot of people that are sick and tired of being taken advantage of. By government. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you, yeah. Carol. Yeah, exactly. So be encouraged there. Um, I'm excited. I am. I'm very excited. I can't wait for election just so I can check that box. It says Tim Ransom. Thank um, you. I'm honored. By <laughs> I'm honored. I'm honored. I really can't wait for that. Um, but you, I mean, you pretty much answered all my questions because for the wind, asked most of my questions. So <laughs> way to go. Um, but anyway, yeah, just be totally encouraged. Um, you got this. And I do have one. You were, so you were saying property taxes. What about income taxes? Are you going to lower income taxes as well? Or Great question. Great question. Um, so uh, listen, everybody, regarding taxes. When you reduce taxes anywhere, you reduce revenue. When you reduce revenue, you affect other programs. So people can't just say, I'm going to cut your taxes so I can get your vote. You have to make sure that you have a plan that doesn't create a new problem while you're trying to solve an old one. So by moving uh, school taxes off property taxes, that's going to save taxpayers with homes 60 to 70% a year uh, as soon as possible. However, we still have the debt. So I couldn't agree with you more that uh, state income tax would be nice to eliminate. It is on the table for me to minimally discuss. I want to play out the residual and see how scalable it is and that we down the road two, three, five years don't create a new problem, number one. Number two, flat taxes is also an option for me that we will look at, and I'll work very closely with the Fiscal Bureau Office and the, and the Ledge Council, excuse me, the uh, 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 joint finance people on, on the budget creation elements so that we, again, don't create new problems trying to solve old. And also we have to work at this incrementally. You can't just cut stuff like a light switch turning off and expect everything to be okay. So we got to be very careful residually what happens. But I can tell you without question that tax reduction is going to happen on my watch. And, and it's just a matter of how much. 
And that's going to be the first biennium. And then the second biennium over the second year or second two years of my term, we'll wrap it up and, and, and bring it home with, the, with another chop, if you would. And so we got the sliding scales that do withholding now for the income tax level. You got the flat tax consideration. We're going to move school taxes off property tax. We're going to eliminate the personal property tax so businesses don't have to continue to pay tax on stuff they've already paid taxes on. That's I don't know where that came from, but I like to find the guy who brought up that statute and just take him out back and pound a lump on his head. But we're, we're penalizing people beyond measure in this state, and I need to end it, and that's what I'm going to do. So thanks for asking about uh, state income tax. Uh, hang on for coming attractions. It, it's possibly going to be part of the of the reduction element. I just got to determine to what degree. Okay, well, that's awesome because, um, okay, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. Um, I want to say about five years ago, I was making- You what, what was that? About you, you, a few years ago, I was making $12.50 an hour and I was bringing home pretty close to $500 a week. Okay. Now I'm making $19 an hour and I'm still bringing home $500 a week. And there's my point right there. You just qualified why we need to do something with our taxation in this state. We are just shell gaming this and kicking cans down the road. We need to have qualified uh, tax reduction that gives the money back to the people. The $3.8 billion surplus, you know what they're talking about, Madison? How are we going to spend that? And I'm like, wait a second, spend it. And then some will say, well, we should give some back. And I say, well, that's not a bad idea, but here's a better idea. How about we not just take it in the first place? So my focus is to address the cause of, of what we're we're doing by taking too much too fast from the people. And your point's very valid. So uh, I, I can guarantee uh, that you're going to see a change uh, when I'm in the seat. And I'm not just saying that because it's an election. I'm going to make this happen. This is why I'm running. This is what I'm doing this for. And I'm going to bring tax relief to the state once and for all. I'm tired of kicking cans down the road. Going to get it done. I love you. <laughs> well, well, I I love the Lord and thank you for your support. And I I appreciate that statement very much. Um, it's not about me. It's about you. It's about the people. And it's about rule of law. It's about our Constitution. It's about doing right so that we can sustain a republic the way it was intended for and for the people who died for it to preserve it, to honor them for perpetuity. We have to continue to honor those who gave of themselves for our republic. We don't have that going on right now. Everywhere, federal, state, and even local with school boards and all of this CRT and 1619 project and common core crap and socialism and hate your country and hate your because you're white. You know, I don't know why they want to destroy us from the inside, but that's what people said one day. If this country ever fails, it won't be from attacks from the outside. It'll be attacks from the inside, and it's happening. So not on my watch. I'm going to get it done. So thank you. Next question. That, that's my other question is what you were, what you were thinking about CRT and, Corman, and Common Core. And the reason I'm asking is my son went to school at Unity School um, in elementary school. When we, and we, you know, moved around, whatever. We came back. Most of the boys that were in his class in second grade, over half of them are now gay. And I'm thinking, why? 
what the heck is that school teaching them? Because I'm just like blown away by that. Well, I, I really, it's a statement you've made. I don't have, no offense, but I have no qualified data to, to touch that. My first and only thought would be, where are the parents in this deal? I'm a school board member too, and I'll tell you, I, I'm very conscious of um, indoctrination tactics. And um, I think if people are asleep at the wheel and don't check and balance what's going on in their schools and don't keep the uh, educators in check, uh, and the school board members in check, you know, you know, they have a, they've allowed for a problem to be created on their watch. And that's, that's, that's unfortunate. So um, I don't know what else to say other than it hurts my ears to hear you say that the kids should not be uh, trained to change their identity because someone else wants them to. And I don't know what's in it for the other people, but I, it's not my place to tell people how to think and feel and what to say. How can you suggest how someone's gender should be different or how they should behave in their lifestyle. I find it um, child abuse level material. So maybe they should be addressed that way. I don't know. But we'll get them. We'll get them. Okay, Miss America has a question. Oh, my goodness. I'm honored. Sir, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can, Miss America. Thank you for calling in. I had the great honor of seeing you in person when the great Mike Lindell was up in Wisconsin. Um, sadly, I am in a different Polk County, and that is all the way across, almost to the equator, down in Florida. So I do not, sadly, have the honor to vote for you, but I would. I am, however, right across the border in Lake County in Illinois. And I just, I, I'm really just here to support you because I love you. I got to see you in person. I didn't get to hug you. I'm a big hugger. Me so too. my question, my question to you, you were very busy, sir. I did not want to interfere with what was going on there. It was a great event to be part of. But uh, my question By the way, Miss America, I'm never too busy for a moment for anyone. And I wish you would have just got aggressive because I would have been honored to meet you. But next time, we'll get it next time. We sure will. I will make it a point. Um, my question to you is, I would love to, I actually have two questions. My question to you is, uh, questions. I would love to hear your German because maybe we are somewhere we have crossed paths before. Sprechest du Deutsch? Ich spreche sehr gut Deutsch. Ah. Ja. <laughs> Sehr gut, sehr gut. Ich bin von Österreich, aber aber das ist eine andere Geschichte. Oh, we're gonna lose, we're gonna lose everybody else. So this is no, this isn't good. We'll have to do this, this offline. This is the bright so. platform, exactly. No, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. One one day I'll buy you a beer and a bratwurst and we can talk about it. But what what things do you see? Because I believe, I mean, I grew up here in Lake County, in Illinois, and the corruption here is got to, is just. I've got to say it's one of the top three. Who should we, who should I draw attention to? Because I do not vote here. I vote in, vote in Polk County in Florida. But who should I draw attention to here? Because it's just very confusing. And I mean, I agree with everything that you've said. I think it's about, in the bigger picture, it's about um, shining light on the rhinos, so to say, if you understand. I, I really would just love your opinion on who to 
draw attention to here in Illinois because it's just so corrupt? Well, interesting question. I'm spinning with thought. My first comment would be power numbers works. And what does that mean? Well, you almost got to find people who are running for office or or who are in office that need help. You've got to help the ones that you have. There's got to be one. And all it takes is one because then one becomes two and two can become four and then you got eight and that's how it, it, it compounds. My first suggestion would be to help those who are in office that are actually serving the people. Um, that's the next thing you would need to do because it's going to take an election cycle to weed out and purge and, and right person, right role, right time. You've got to vet every person running for any position to know where their character is, to know where their conviction is, to know if they're honest, what is their background, what are they bringing to the table, can they meet and exceed expectation in the role. It's not a popularity contest. It's not about money. It's not about what people think they should or deserve, they should get or deserve. It's about what are you bringing to the table and what are you going to do for me? Because every servant in every public position should be working for the people that put him in the seat. So you've got to really make that assessment. And when you start getting serious about, here, here's another way to look at it, uh, by the way, Miss America, this is a really good question. Every person in this in this country, in every state, when you go to cast your ballot for someone that you want to vote for to represent you in that respective seat, you at that moment in time are the chief executive officer of that state, of that seat, and it's your job to hire the best operations president to run that state that you can find. Now, when you, if you've ever hired anybody in your life, you've got to know two things. What's the role you're hiring for, and what does the person who's applying for the role bring to the table that meets the expectations of the role, the objectives of the role, that can deliver against the necessity of the role so that you can at least meet expectation it's all about qualifications and character it comes down to it and then you ask them certain questions about certain things that you want to ask i'm not going to put any in your head and then you you make your decision and then you make sure they stay true to their word that's how you affect change in governance right person right role right time hold them accountable and make sure they continue to deliver that what they said they were going to do. Otherwise you kick them to the freaking curb and you find somebody else and you do the process all over again. You're not going to always fail and you may not always be successful, but to try and be very serious about your focus on what your role is as a, as a voter, you're the CEO chief executive officer at that moment in time. And it's your dutiful obligation to pick the right person for the role. If you're just going to check the first person on top of a category or you're going to vote for someone because someone told you to vote for them, then stay home. And then don't complain when you got crap in the seat. So that's my scenic answer to your question. It's a very good question. Ownership and responsibility befalls on us all. It, it falls on all of us. It just does. And for so long, we let things happen and we didn't fight. And they brought in Common Core and they brought in CRT and they brought in higher taxes and they put stuff pork into bills and they started to manipulate uh, governance and, and bring things to light that we didn't find out soon enough. So now we're all awake. We're awakening. We're not awoke. We're, we're awakening up to the fact that we've been played for a long time and we're done with it. So you want candidates that bring patriotism to the to the um, position. You want someone who can prove that they're 
They've swum in shark-infested water because against current. They're battle-tested. They never change their conviction. They can, they hold their opinion no matter what, and uh, that's who you want in the seats. So uh, that's a very long answer, but it's on you, Miss America. It's all on you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I mean, I, I am so honored to be able to talk to you. I will definitely buy you a beer, and please just don't give up the fight because – we're all fighting in some way or another. So thank you for Good. joining us this evening. I really appreciate it. It's my, it's my honor. Have a blessed evening. Good night. If anyone has a question, please raise your hand and I can unmute you. If not, um, Tim, I'm going to ask you a question. When we go to vote agree, and we're stuck with these machines, can't we ask for a paper ballot? Yes, you can. You should. Thank County you. clerks. Yeah, we have that yeah. in Virginia. They still have the machines. So. County yeah. clerks okay. uh, direct the usage of, of um, machines, and I'd like to melt them all down and create, you know, bars for jail cells for some of the people that stole our election in 2020. So I'd like to pull away the ballots. The ballot is the gold standard. It's one-to-one. Assuming your your voter lists are accurate, which in Wisconsin they're not, but uh, having the machines and, and minimally accessible to the internet now, there's some t- conversation about well, let's make them not accessible to the internet. How are you going to measure that? How are you going to ensure that that happens? I don't know how you can control a machine because modems come in all different sizes and shapes, and you can hide them anywhere, and they can lie to you and say there's no modem in here, and all you got to do is walk by when the machine's on. You can get a you. Uh, uh, link you can see the link to, to tap into the wi-fi so i don't know i don't i i guess i i would ask and tell them you want to do a, a physical ballot and uh, take it from there and speaking of those things tim i will be volunteering poll watching in uh grand shoot area i told them to give me the the spot the area with the most suspect so i told them to do that and i'll make sure that it's on the up and up for you so that's all like candidates i should say that sounds like something I would do. I'm going to go where there's the most noise, where there's the biggest problem, where I can be mm-hmm. most useful and effective. So I appreciate you asking the question that way. You want to go where the, where the crap really stinks, right? <laughs> you got it. Because nothing right, gets past ahead. me. Nothing. Good. Good. Well, anybody else want to chat? Otherwise, I'm going to have some dinner, I think. A little late tonight, but better late than never. I do have one other question, Tim. Mm-hmm. You mentioned... If things didn't work out, at least you have your cat. My cat here, I have two cats. My cat is 18, and this cat is the loudest cat meowing-wise from the hours of 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. He's my alarm clock. Is your cat loud by chance like that? Um, no, but I, I do want to come. I do want. Yeah, he's kind of like more of an outside. He's an inside-outside guy, but he likes to be outside. He's sitting on the lawn chair right now on the deck, but... um. I want to make a comment about my, you know, cat statement. When I was trying to inform the voters of the importance of my election, I was telling them that I'm giving up a seat in government. Yes, I'm in a place where I can bring light to injustice and I can ask questions and I can be a real pain in the rear end for the um, the go-along majority. 
not a real attractive position to be in, but I don't care. As long as I can raise the bar and, and make change and get things righted, I, I wouldn't mind sticking that out. But um, the bigger issue is is one-to-one -one ratio, not having the bureaucracy of 61 other people in the party to fight through to get things done. The learned behavior is you know, nauseating to me, and the, the allowance for go-along and get-along is unacceptable. So, and And then you combine that concern about what it would take to, to fix with the, the time element. We don't have much time left, I'm telling you. It, it's just a sense of urgency I have about our, our state, our republic, the condition in our schools, uh, the, the overspending of money, the overtaxation. We don't have time for me to waste correcting learned behavior in the legislature. So I can't run for both. I, I can't run for both. So I made a conscious decision to give up my seat in the assembly to go all in on the governor governor's run because that's one to one ratio and I'll get a lot more done in a lot better way. Um, and if I don't get past August 9th primary, I wanted people to know that they're going to lose the best fighter they've ever had in state government in Wisconsin. And I see that people here. I don't like talking about myself. I'd rather other people talk about me, but the, the sense of urgency they need to have is, holy smokes, if we don't get this guy over the line, he's gone. And we're not going to have him to help us anymore. Um, I can't imagine something won't come along for me to do other stuff other than stay home and play with my cat. But um, I wanted him to know, and that's why I said it. People started telling me, Tim, don't say that anymore, because you're not going to be sitting at home with your cat. You're going to be, you know, whatever. And and I, I agree with them. I, I don't think I'm going to be going anywhere, but... Um, taking care of uh, my country, my state. So, yeah. And I really said that too, because, you know, some people say dogs are man's best friend. I mean, I think it's the same way with cats too. And I, and I feel like just by the man you are, I bet your cat senses that as well. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. For the win, yep. someone is. Time, Tim. Yeah. Um, we have a question from old school badass. Thank you. Uh, I'm not a Wisconsin resident, but I do have a question uh, for you, sir. Um, it, it, this one could be asked by all states, and I think we should start asking this type of question of all elections. Uh, what plans do you have um, for uh, um, fighting uh, child and human sex trafficking uh, in your state? It's in the top 12 of my hit list of expressions when I speak publicly. Uh, I talk about human trafficking and the sex trafficking element. We have a, a corridor from Illinois, specifically through Chicago, right up through Milwaukee, and it goes right up through the center of the state. The sex trafficking and the human trafficking element in Wisconsin is much more severe than people think. It's like a pandemic, and we should address it as such. So I plan on it's going to be it's in my crosshairs of my priority list. Everything that comes to the governor's desk when I'm there is going to be a severity urgency issue. But I can name that right off the bat. So I'm going to be working on, on addressing the pipeline. I'm going to be working on addressing accessibility and, and uh, we're going to get some education going and, and, and uh, uh, beef up our law enforcement to get more people watching for this, whether it's at truck stops or otherwise. We're going to get uh, more focus on it because it's a high sense of urgency matter for me. It's affecting children and it's affecting women, it's affecting men, and we've got to end it just like we do any other pandemic type condition in our state. So. 
Uh, it's in my crosshairs, sir. Thanks for asking. Thanks for answering the question. All right, last call. Does anyone else have a question for Tim tonight? All right. Tim, thank you again for coming on Conservative Patriot Nation Network. It's been a pleasure again. So thank you again, and good luck on the 9th. We'll be voting for you. For all the people who live in Wisconsin on this call, um, you have a decision to make. It's a big one. Uh, I ask for your vote. You will not be disappointed by the outcome of your decision to give me the support to get into the seat so I can work for you. Um, I ask for you for your vote. I also would like to ask if you want to help me in these next two and a half weeks to get over the finish line, that you check out my website, RamptonForGovernor.com or Tim-Rampton.com. And there are items you can purchase as far as literature and signs. You can donate to my campaign. You can see more information about me and share my stuff with people who might not know about me. Again, I haven't been running for five, uh, four years, and I don't have millions of dollars. So I could use some help getting my name out across the state. And I'm doing pretty well, considering, uh, given that I might be the front runner, but they don't want to say that. But I could use more help. And uh, there, it's going to be desperate acts here the next couple of weeks. It's going to be uh, all hands on deck for all campaigns. And I'd just like to ask everybody to do everything you can, because you got one shot at this. It's on August 9th, and then it's over. One way or another, it's going to be over. And I don't want it to be over for you. So I need to win. Thank you much for your time, everybody. Have a blessed evening. And um, I look forward to speaking with you on August 10th when we can talk about what we're going to do to knock the cover off the ball going forward. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Good night.